from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to have you here on the broadcast and appreciate you being here this morning. This is called Wake Up Call on the Road Again because <laughs> that's exactly where I am. So uh, travels with Syracuse basketball and Syracuse football and the Jacksonville Jaguars and Syracuse basketball once again. You know, the life of somebody who is uh, used to being on an airplane and used to flying around. So I'm happy for you all listening in and being a part of today's broadcast. And thank you so much for tuning in. It'll be an abridged version of the show. And what we typically do on Tuesday is we do On the Prowl, which is Jacksonville Jaguars talk, and then we move into NFL talk. What we're going to do is do that on Wednesday's show. So uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I spoke with a bunch of the guys after their overtime win, 20-17, to 17, in their most recent home game, which came after they faced off against the Bengals and won at home. They faced off against the Chargers and won this weekend. So we will have discussions with the Jacksonville Jaguars one-on-one coming up on tomorrow's broadcast, which is Wednesday, November 15th. So you'll get to hear from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we'll do more extensive NFL coverage as well in tomorrow's broadcast. So we're going to switch out Tuesday's show with Wednesday and give you all that on Wednesday on today's broadcast and uh, be able to share with you just some of the thoughts of being on the road and traveling and uh, really honestly it's 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 been a lot of fun you know there's that whole story of of who you get next to you right who's going to be your your uh, airline mate so to speak who's who's the person that's going to uh, be flying with you and you never know what you're going to get you don't know if you're going to get somebody who's totally antisocial and rude or somebody who's nervous, doesn't want to talk to anybody, or somebody who's asleep, or somebody who's reading in their book very intensely, or, you know, somebody who's texting on their phone, even though the phone's supposed to be off. You don't know who you're going to get. Or you can get a really nice person like I did. You can get a really nice uh, man or woman to be sitting next to you and give you an opportunity to get to know them and get to know what they're about. And I had a really nice man sit next to me. His name was Ted. And we had a phenomenal conversation. And I think it's really ironic, and I don't believe that there's any coincidences. I think there's God incidences. And I'm wearing my Salute to Service Jacksonville Jaguars hoodie that I got in, uh, in support of my, my grandfathers and my great uncles and, and everybody in my family and people that I know that have served in our military and, you know, be it our Army, our Navy, um, whatever it may be, Army, Navy, Air Force, so on and so forth. And so, you know, I came on in a sweatshirt, and I didn't know I was sitting next to a veteran of Vietnam and somebody who cares very much about people coming home and, and reacclimating into society. And I just had a conversation with, with Rob Drummond about, at least in Staggerwald, about, you know, how you can reacclimate yourself into society when you're a trained athlete, you know, and then when you're a football player, you're a trained killer. And 
you know, to be in a situation like that, times that by a thousand, and then times by another thousand, and we're talking about people in the military and how do they reacclimate themselves into society. So, you know, it was a really great conversation, and I think it's funny how, you know, here I am with this sweatshirt on, showing love and support, and then I sit next to him and we start talking about my show and what I do and why I do what I do, and you know, it ended up being a great conversation and uh, really a, a great time together. So, you know, it's something that I appreciate and something that I, you know, will take with me and for sure uh, feel very thankful to God about it, to have the opportunity to talk with somebody about something that matters so much to me and about my career and what I stand for and what I do and why I do what I do and, you know, and for him to impart some knowledge on me. And, you know, tell me about what's going on in his life and, and what's going on in the lives of military people and military vets that are coming home, whether they've served for a month or 10 years. So, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. And, uh, you know, this episode of Wake Up Call called On the Road Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, has a lot to do with, you know, obviously uh, being on the road. And, <laughs> you know, it's pretty clear by the title. I'm a little tired this morning, so bear with me. But, you know, the whole on-the-road-again approach uh, from covering Syracuse basketball and Syracuse football to the Jacksonville Jaguars and heading back to cover Syracuse basketball tonight. And I look forward to seeing you all out at Lee's and Staggerwall downtown on 117 East Fayette Street in downtown Syracuse, a couple minutes from the Carrier Dome. I will see you tonight at 5 o'clock because the tip-off is at 7. Syracuse is facing Iona. And Dale Shackelford and myself, Dan Tortora, we will be on site on premises with drink specials, the Wake Up Call pub nachos, those awesome, awesome, awesome steak sandwiches, and so much more at Lee's and Sagerwald, full bar, and a lot of great stuff. And they have uh, the Pale Al. I like that stuff. I, you know, when it starts to get cool outside, and, you know, I'm not really a big beer drinker, so I'll, you know, go for one of those uh, apple you know, ale t- tasting things and, you know, give you a, give you that apple cider feel with a little kick to it, not too much, but I love it over at Lee's and Staggerwald. So it is your pre-gaming headquarters, and I'm ecstatic to have you guys out there tonight. I want to thank everybody that showed up to our first one that we had. It was it was a ton of fun. It was, it was great. You know, the first event that we did was on Friday, and Syracuse was facing Cornell. We had a good crowd, good people, uh, people wanting to interact with the show and interact with Dale and I, and you know, I appreciate y'all coming out and wearing your sweatshirts and your hats and your jerseys and whatnot. So make sure you come out and do that again today. If you bring your game ticket with you for Syracuse Iona, your first beer is free as long as you're 21 or older. So you get a, you get a beer for free if you show up with your game ticket. And we have uh, drink specials after that for buckets. And, of course, uh, the Wake Up Call Pub Nachos, they're exclusive to Lee's and Staggerwalds. And they're what you would think a traditional nacho would be, and then all of a sudden we put this big twist on it with corned beef and pastrami, fresh deli sliced meat, just slivers of it all over your nachos. So good, so, so good. So make sure you come out and get those tonight and hang out with us at 5 p.m. before the game at 7. So come out and hang with us at 5 for an hour and then head up to the game. Give you an hour to get up to the game. You'll be five minutes away. So it's an excuse to come out, get something to eat, get something to drink, have good conversation, see a good show, and you'll already be downtown. So instead of being at home and having a rush, you'll be down hanging out with us, and then all you got to do is go five minutes away and park your car and head into the Dome and warm up and watch Syracuse face off against Iona. So thank you to everybody that's 
that has come out, and I look forward to having you all come out and celebrate with Syracuse and the community today by coming out to the pregame show and then coming out and supporting the team at the Carrier Dome, of course, as always. So hopefully your day is going well and everything is going well. Um, These travels have been good for me. Like I said, just met a really awesome guy named Ted and uh, got to speak about the military and how much the military means to him. And with everything going on these days and, you know, the military and sports and it wasn't about the flag, but people make it about the flag and then why do it during the national anthem and this, that, and the other. So, you know, I understand both sides of it. I obviously am not for police brutality. And at the same time, I'm for respecting the military. So there's got to be a way to do both. And like Floyd Little said to me, he said, you know, I'm all for you protesting, but don't do it for the national anthem. You know, Floyd Little said, he's like, I came from a military background, he's African-American, and he said, you know, listen, there's other times to do it, that's not the time to do it. You know, he's like, you got to respect our flag and appreciate our flag, stand by our flag. And so he's like, you know, you stand up for the national anthem, and then he said, if you want to protest, you go, you go stand on the steps of the courthouse, you go stand on the steps of the police. He said, you go stand on the steps of the, uh, of the police department. You don't do it in front of the national anthem. You you go to the police department. You stand on the the and, and I and I can understand that it's such a dicey issue, and it's so hard. But there's people that are so passionate about it, you know. And the more people uh, that I'm around and I'm talking to, and you know, just the fact of you know recent conversations about the NFL's attendance being down and ratings being lower and Papa John's pulling out of their partnership because they lost money. You know, I mean, this is obviously affecting things in a, in a not positive way. And, and unfortunately, can come back and affect players even worse because if there's not money coming into the stadium, then the owners might not want to pay out that much money and they might renegotiate contracts or not have the money to pay for the contract. So, you know, I, I want everything to be done right. And, you know, I understand and I appreciate all the protests. And I think that it's a good thing for us to put light on bad situations because when you shed light on darkness the hope is that 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 light will you know will overtake the darkness and that we will have a better world from it you know at the same time I love the national anthem and I love our flag and I stand for it because I want to believe that this country loves each other and is good to one another and that what this country is supposed to stand for is 50 United States of united people of different backgrounds and different nationalities and different amounts of money and different jobs, but we're living on a continent where we are unified as one. We should be. You know, continents, Europe, it's all a bunch of different countries. Africa, it's all a bunch of different countries. But in North America, in these 50 United States, and out, you know, and outside of North America, you know, with Alaska, well, with Alaska connected on top and then, Miami, and then Hawaii in the water, you know, we are 50 United States. And we are the only continent that's united as one. So in that sense of it all, to be broken up into so many different pieces but yet be united. And you don't have that in Australia, you don't have it in Asia, you don't have it in Africa, and so on and so forth. So I feel honored and privileged to be on the continent I'm on and in the country I'm in. And at the same time, we owe each other better, we should do more, and I feel like we should find a way to respect and appreciate our military while at the same time asking for positive change. There's a way to do both, and we're not doing that right now. We need to shed light on the inconsistencies in our government and our justice system, and at the same time, we need to respect our military. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. The name Leeson Staggerwald is synonymous with Central New York with over 80 years of service to the community. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown is your butcher, grocery, pub, and deli located on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. Minutes from the Carrier Dome in your perfect pre-gaming headquarters with Rob Drummond and myself, Dan Tortora, two hours before home games. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown, where you can dine in, take out, pre-game up on the hill with their meats or pre-game inside their walls. Lee's and Staggerwald downtown, a unique experience for every single fan and every member of the community with over eight decades of service. They're open Monday from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., Tuesday through Thursday from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m., Friday 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday noon to 9 p.m., and closed on Sunday on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. And speaking with a vet who is just heartbroken over what's been going on, you can't help but feel for them and want to uh, to understand that. So, you know, there's a lot to be had in conversations and you know, I just was in one in my travels today, 
you never turn away an opportunity to speak with a stranger because you never know what you're going to learn. And to turn away a teachable moment would be a sad thing. Johnny says, hi, what's up, Johnny? How you doing? Johnny's super excited because he beat me in fantasy by five points. So let me just put it out there. I don't shy away from stuff. I don't shy away from competition. I lost 102 to 97. It was a respectable loss. I got myself back in the game. I made it happen. Johnny was freaking out that I was going to beat him in the 11th hour. And I didn't end up beating you, Johnny. So, But still, you know, congratulations on your victory. I hope you enjoy it. And, you know, my team got to almost 100 points, but they didn't pull it out. You know, last couple weeks, my team has been lower scoring. It's been upsetting. But there's over 240 players on injured reserve. You know, this year has been not just for me, but for all of you. This is not an excuse. We've all had to get creative. And I feel like I've been more creative this year than I've ever been. But, you know, I took an L, and that's okay. And uh, what, how does the song go? This time I took an L, but tonight I bounced back. I think that's fair. Today I took an L, but tonight I bounced back. So that's just going to happen. So my team didn't perform right, but sometimes that happens in fantasy football. What are you going to do? Jacksonville Jaguars won, though. They won 20-17 to in a huge game over the weekend where the defense was the best offense and the special teams showed up too. The offense was quiet. They did enough to move the ball forward, but taunting penalties is something I want to talk about today because we're going to get more in the Jaguars tomorrow when you hear from the guys in the locker room. But, you know, taunting, one of the dumbest penalties in the world. And, I mean, the, the one by Marquise, I mean, it was Marquise Lee and Barry Church. I was surprised with Barry Church because, you know, he's a, he's a longtime vet and he always seems very calm, cool, and collected when I've interviewed him. Marquise Lee, I'm not surprised. Marquise, you know, this season, more than any other season, I walked into the locker room and I saw a man who looked like he had an ego. You know, he looked like one of those guys that wants to command attention, get people around him. He likes to be seen. And my thing about that is, if you want to do that, be the top receiver in the country. If you want to do that, take your team to the playoffs. If you want to do that, win a Super Bowl. And even if you get to all of that, if I was in your position and I had every reason to be snobby or I had every reason to say, you know, look at me and look at me, I still wouldn't do it. You know why? Because that's not what a professional does. A professional celebrates with their team, a professional smiles, a professional appreciates, but a professional never puts their team in peril. They never put their team in a bad situation. And the taunting, the little looking at the guy, staring at him, pointing to him, and then doing that little dance like, oh, he just got... It was like it literally looked like a little kid in recess where the teacher saw some other kid push you, and you're like, oh, you got in trouble. You got in trouble. That's what it looked like. And it was, it was stupid. Took him out of field goal range and, you know, had him have to play behind the eight ball. And then the Barry Church one, you know, was a situation where here's... The return by A.J. Bouye, who brought Jacksonville all the way to, like, the two or the one-yard line of Los Angeles, and then they had to move back. But they kicked the field goal. Josh Lambeau did it. I can't wait for you to hear those conversations. It was a huge win by the Jaguars. This has been a very exciting and crazy season in the NFL for sure. And uh, by any stretch of the imagination, I don't think people would think we would be where we're at right now. The biggest story of this NFL week of Week 10 was that Ezekiel Elliott was supposed to be suspended, and then he actually was. Normally, when they say Zeke's out, he's not. It changes every other day. 
when they say he's not suspended, he was, and when he was, he wasn't. And in the 11th hour, he always ended up playing. So he was suspended on Monday and then not on Wednesday, and then he was on Thursday, but he played on Sunday. Well, this week, different than any other one of the ten uh, of the nine weeks played before it, was that when they said Ezekiel Elliott would be suspended, he actually was suspended. So that was something interesting. And you saw how the Dallas Cowboys responded to it. They almost laid a goose egg to the... Atlanta Falcons. They ended up losing the game 27 to 7. I said going into the game that Dallas was going to find some way to make Atlanta look like a playoff team, going to find a way to make Atlanta look like they're actually good again, and they did. They got super embarrassed by the Atlanta Falcons by 20 points, 27 to 7, and they didn't get much help at all from what they needed to do and where they needed to go. So it's the unfortunate of it, but it's the truth of the fact of the matter is that Dallas you know, maybe completely lost without their guy. And in being lost without their guy, they're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to figure out what they have to do moving forward because as of right now, the Dallas Cowboys don't have any hope when it comes to their rushing attack. You know, Darren McFadden hasn't done much of anything. And, you know, really hasn't been activated to do anything. Alfred Morris, since he came to Dallas, has been extremely quiet. The only thing he's done is grab a touchdown or two against his old team, the Redskins, but that's been pretty much it. And Rod Smith is a young guy who I thought might be somebody, but, you know, there's quietness there as well. So the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to figure out where to go from here and how to go from here when Ezekiel Elliott, because of his personal vendetta against the NFL, ended up hurting his team in the worst time. Not that there's ever a good time to be suspended for six games, but when you can't come back until week 16, yeah, that's bad. Especially when you need to win every single game that you possibly can because you're chasing Philadelphia, and they're not going to catch Philly. It's not going to happen. Dallas is 5-4. and four. There's no way that they're going to catch Philly, unless Philly totally had the wheels fall off, but I don't see that happening anytime soon, and Philly's got to play Dallas twice, and, and I can see Philly right now winning both of those. I definitely think they're going to win one of them, but, you know, if Dallas plays the way that they played against Atlanta, Philly's going to win the games convincingly. So, you know, it's def- <clears throat> if you would have told me Philadelphia would be in first place, even as a broadcaster who's been doing this thing for 14 years, 14 plus, I would have told you that you were somewhat insane that Philadelphia would be the best team in the NFL at 8-1. and one. Because to me, it's not that Philadelphia doesn't have talent, but normally they find a way to fudge it up a little bit and Philadelphia this year you know they've locked it down and Carson Wentz who would have thunk Carson Wentz started off last season strong as a true freshman in the NFL and then and then he obviously faltered and didn't do well so and Ecto Coors said Dan are you in an airport yes today is today is called on the road again Ecto Coors I am traveling this is the sign of uh, I think I'm one of two things or both I'm either an insane person or an extremely hardworking person because only an insane person would do their show outside of the studio. When he had every reason to say, hey, I'll just see you guys tomorrow, I decided to do the show today, even though I had every reason in between flights to not have to do that. So I could be insane, but uh, I, I would level on the side of being an extremely hardworking person. And I didn't know when the flight was going to let in today and when I was going to be here, but I promised, I said to myself when I turned the phone on, that if I landed and it was by 9 o'clock, 
then you know I thought to myself, why not do the show? And knowing that there would be people here to listen, because they always are, because you're all amazing, it was important to me to at least come on for a few minutes. And uh, Ecto Course said, how about insanely hardworking? So yeah, that's a, uh, that's a fair statement. I am insane. I'm going to, when I finish the show, tell my wife that I did the show, and she's going to tell me that there's something wrong with me, in a good way. You know, she loves me, but she'll be like, why, why did you do that? So you, you, got a, you got an hour to relax, and you decided to do your show instead. But I love you all, and I appreciate you all. And I have this crazy belief that if I do this thing long enough, hard enough, and to the best of my ability, that it will pay off because I will affect positive change in this world, and I will affect so many people in a positive way that it will start a movement of positivity and that I will be able to be a part of something good happening, not just in our country, but for humanity in general. So I have this crazy belief that if I work insanely hard and do the best that I can while taking breaks and taking care of my health, that I will do right by you and by me, and that ultimately we will all be much better off because of it. So, and, you know, I do it for G-Mama. And I know if I'm doing it for her, that I'm going to be all right. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Like I said, it's an abridged version. Tomorrow's show, November 15th, you will hear from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have a bunch of the guys on the show. I'm ecstatic. Josh Lambeau, the kicker, who did that nice little slide at the end by midfield where I was like, oh, my God, please don't tear your MCL. Terrifying. <laughs> but kickers, when they celebrate, I'm like, just, just, just put your hand up and be like, yeah. Do some jazz hands. You'd be like, woo Don't do anything with your legs or your feet. Jazz hands are just like, just make a fist and just, you know, just bump your fist a little bit. Give me some of that Jersey Shore. But sliding on the ground makes me nervous if you're a kicker. Remember Mar- Martin Gramatica, what he did? Had the game-winning field goal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Arizona Cardinals. He jumped up in the air, threw his fist in the air, came down, and I believe he broke his ankle. And he was out for the rest of the year or for... A significant amount of time. So, if you're a kicker, please do not do any celebrations and involve anything from your hips down. Outside of that, I'm down with it. You want to do a little head bob? I'll rock with you. If you want to do a little Chris Tucker, move the head to the side, move it back, and never touch a radio, I get it. We can do that. We can make that happen. So, Josh Lambeau's going to be on the show tomorrow. And uh, A.J. Bouye, who not only got an interception in overtime, but he ripped it out of the hands of Travis Benjamin. He literally was like, it was like, who wanted the ball more? He did, clearly. And Jacksonville having a cornerback that rips the ball out of the hands of another player is so insane compared to what Jacksonville's had in recent history. They've had guys where if the interception's coming right to you, they wouldn't catch it. Now you got guys that the interception didn't come to you, but you made it an interception and took it out of somebody's hands. So you're taking one end of the spectrum and going to the totally other end of the spectrum and then adding 10 points to that because that's what A.J. Bouye did coming over from the Houston Texans, and boy, was he worth the money. And, you know, outside of that... Some other people that are going to be on the show, Cam Robinson will be on the show. And we, uh, we have a discussion about the Jaguars, of course, because he's a starting left tackle for the team. But we also have a little discussion about a team called the Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, roll Tide, roll Tide. And you're going to enjoy that conversation. I asked him what he thought about Alabama, if he thinks that Alabama is, you know, if, if they've really had a chokehold on college football. And you're going to like his answer to that. So plenty of interviews coming up. But Corey Grant who had the fake punt that was a direct snap to him that he returned for a touchdown. He's going to be on the show as well. 
and we always had good good conversation. Keelan Cole, one of the wide receivers, young wide receivers for the Jaguars, he's on the show, and then we'll have some others to join as well. So plenty of Jaguars going to be on the show tomorrow, November 15th, and we'll get more into the NFL and so on and so forth. I'll have interviews with Syracuse after this game. Syracuse basketball faces Iona. I'll, of course, be talking with the players, and I thank you all that listened in yesterday, heard from Adrian Autry and Alan Griffin as well as O'Shea Brissett, Matthew Moyer, and Frank Howard. So I appreciate you tuning in and listening for that. And hopefully your fantasy football is going well. And I just got a message. How about the Lions? Well, the Lions beat the Browns this weekend, Johnny. And, you know, the only thing I can say, Johnny, is you should be happy that that the Lions beat the Browns. Because the worst thing to do is to lose to a team who has lost to no one. And if you don't know how that feels, well, you can just go ahead and ask this one team called the New York Giants how it feels to lose to a team who has literally lost to absolutely nobody. Because the Giants did exactly that over the weekend. Because the Giants desperately want to have the number one pick, apparently. But Cleveland's got a chokehold of that number one pick. And I don't think they're going to let go of it. You know, and it's funny because I said that the best draft the Cleveland Browns have had since they returned in 1999 was in the movie Draft Day. It was not a real draft. I mean, literally, the best draft they've ever had was in the movie Draft Day. I would venture that if if the actual people who run the Cleveland Browns watched the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner and took notes, then they would have a fighting chance. But Kevin Costner's one of the best front office people that never existed in real life for the Cleveland Browns. And the amount of moves that he made was awesome. And by the way, in the movie, he drafts Chadwick Boseman, and Chadwick Boseman is the Black Panther. So, you know, think, just think about, just roll with me on that for a second, okay? In the movie Draft Day, Kevin Costner drafts Chadwick Boseman's character, and he has now since become the Black Panther. So talk about taking a chance on somebody and finding out that you got something good. Cleveland Browns ended up with a king and a superhero. Hello. But in real life, they ended up with guys like Brady Quinn and Johnny Manziel. So (laughs) it's a little bit different. Different from getting the Black Panther and, you know, the whole country of Wakanda behind you as opposed to 0-9 in Cleveland. But that's how it is, and that's how it works. And hopefully you followed me in that fantasy slash reality segment because I found it to be catchy, funny, and interesting, and hopefully you did too. So, I'm like, who would think that, really? Who would, who would watch draft day and say the Cleveland Browns drafted Black Panther and didn't even know that they had him? And wasn't that an awesome draft? They traded up to get him. How cool is that? You know, that's like better than draft. It's way better than drafting Michael Jordan to get the Black Panther. Oh, my goodness. Can't wait for that movie. Chadwick Boseman, shout-out. I look forward to talking to him someday in my life. It would be awesome to pick his brain, get his thoughts on being the Cleveland Browns' number one pick and what he can do with that. And the Black Panther, you know, he is faster than any Cleveland Brown in reality, I'll tell you that much. Cleveland Browns are 0-9. They're the only team that hasn't won a game in the NFL. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We proudly open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after work drinks, or 
meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop at Honda City. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. The San Francisco 49ers, thank you, New York Giants, are no longer are no longer defeated. There's undefeated and then there's totally defeated. And the Giants are close. The thing about Denver, though, is that Denver lost to the Giants. And what does that say about Denver and how... I mean, Denver was supposed to be a potential Super Bowl team this year. Best defense in the country. They couldn't stop a lot of teams. Somehow they couldn't stop the offense of the Giants. And you know who's really good at stopping the offense of the Giants? The Giants. So they beat the Giants. They beat the Giants out of beating themselves. How about that? They they let the Giants beat them more than the Giants were beating themselves. The Giants every game seemingly try to lose, and Denver lost a game of a team that beats up on them, their own team. What else do we get here? Johnny, how about them Giants? LOL, my thoughts exactly. Dan, you and I have ESPN. <laughs> it's very true. And uh, Johnny said, what's my take on Marquis Lee? Well, I was just describing it. And my take on Marquis Lee, um, I think he has an ego this year. I think he has a bigger ego than I've ever seen him have. And I've been in the locker room covering him since he got to Jacksonville. So I would venture to say that his ego is at an astronomical high. You saw that play out in the taunting penalty. It was stupid. It was ridiculous. His executive VP of football operations is Tom Coughlin. I would be completely astonished if Tom Coughlin didn't grab him by the ear like a little kid and drown his mouth with soap and then tell him to go sit in the corner for five hours and no electronics because Tom Coughlin will put up with that. 
Tom Coughlin doesn't want, I mean, I would be nervous if I had a false start penalty and Tom Coughlin was the executive VP of football operations. I'd see him in the hallway. I'd say, Tom, how you doing? He'd be like, good. But when there's four minutes, 51 seconds left in the game, why did you move your foot? I'd be like, oh, damn. He'd be like, Tom, we won by 30. He'd be like, we could have won by 37 if you didn't move your damn foot. I'd be like, well, okay. I'm terrified. Thank you. (laughs) So is Marquise Lee going to get a talking to? I would imagine so. I would imagine so. I would just say that I wouldn't want to be Marquise Lee coming out of this game. You know, maybe Marquise Lee and I should have switched. Maybe he should have come to Syracuse and I could have stayed down in Jacksonville. Because I don't know if staying in Jacksonville was the best best idea for him coming off of that stupid move. But, so, that's my thoughts on Marquise Lee. I mean, other thoughts around the NFL. Chicago is, is worse than Green Bay, even when Green Bay doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. I don't expect a lot out of Chicago. And somehow, you know, they they surprise me. I mean, you think they got a fighting chance when they play Green Bay without... Aaron Rodgers, but I didn't. I mean, I just, I don't feel like this Chicago team has really anything to give. Minnesota has been an amazing shock this year. They're 7-2. and two. New Orleans, after losing their first two games, they're 7-2. and two. So, I mean, this NFL season's been great. The Seattle Seahawks, right now the Seattle Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers are playing like they should be in the playoffs over the Cowboys. And if the playoffs started today, I don't think that the Cowboys have earned the right to play. I don't. I think I would give it to Seattle. When Russell Wilson did what he did on Thursday nights, and he ran backwards and just turned around and chucked the ball in the air, but he didn't chuck it in a rainbow fashion. He didn't throw a lob pass. He turned around and, and, and let this ball come out. It came out like a cannon. It's one thing for a quarterback to be standing in place and throw a dart. It's another thing to be off balance, running backwards, fleeing for your life, turn around, throw it as, as you're on your heels, and the pass took off like it was going 30 miles an hour. And shout out to, shout out to Baldwin, who caught the pass. But Seattle, I mean, how can you say Seattle's not a playoff team? And Los Angeles, probably, arguably the biggest shock of this NFL season. They're 7-2 and two under first-year head coach Sean McVay, who's in his early Thursday, thir- early Thursdays, yep, early 30s, thank you. I don't know what an early Thursday would look like, but he's in his early 30s, and Sean McVay taking pretty much all the talent that Jeff Fisher had, but getting something out of it this time around, and, you know, this team is amazing. The reason why the Rams aren't looking for, for Sam Darnold out of USC this season is Sean McVay. Jared Goff, shout out to you. Todd Gurley looks more like himself right now. The defense is making things happen. They are spanking teams. Even if they let you score 27, they got 51. But their, you know, their defense not terrible. Their offense is making me remember Kurt Warner, Torrey Holt, and Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, when that team was just scoring upon scoring upon scoring. You know, I would love to see the Rams and the Eagles duke it out for the rights to the Super Bowl. I'd love to see them in the NFC Championship game. 8-1 and one versus 7-2 and two right now. would love to see that game in this moment. So, a lot of good things going on in the NFL. A lot of surprises in the NFL. I don't think there'll be much surprise tonight when it comes to the score for Syracuse's game, switching gears from the field to the court. I believe Syracuse will defeat Iona. But, you know, this. listen, there's going to be trying moments. Brahma Sidibe in his two exhibition games and his first game that actually counted in his collegiate debut 
you know, I, I think that the man's doing some good stuff underneath. He's making it happen. He's unafraid. He's getting after it. And, you know, you might look at his body and say, okay, well, he's skinnier. He doesn't have a lot of muscle. He's got to build this. He's got to get his body right. But the way he blocks shots, the way he gets after it, he's doing, he's doing everything that he needs to be doing. And he's just continued doing that. Frank Howard, one turnover to four assists in a game. Huge upswing for him coming out of some poor performance in exhibition play. Tyus Battle scoring the ball, doing what he does. A double-double in O'Shea Brissett's debut. I know a lot of people are high on O'Shea. And, you know, I think he's good stuff as well. I mean, this guy came in. He Listen, if this team is going to be successful, O'Shea Brissett has to be good from day zero. One of the centers has to make it happen. Barama Sidibe is doing that right now. O'Shea Brissett is taking care of business. It's very early on, but O'Shea looks extremely comfortable out there, and I spoke with him about playing like a junior when he's a true freshman, which is which is huge for Syracuse, that he's come in there with that spunk, that spark in his step, and that desire and that want to go out there and do what he needs to do. You know, Howard Washington Jr., uh, his teammate from the Athlete Institute in Canada, we haven't seen a ton from him, but I look forward to seeing more of him. Geno Thorpe's been more of the guy to dish it out. Frank Howard's been looking for his shot, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Frank went 4-10 in this uh, opening of the 2017-18 season game against Cornell. Jimmy Beheim, Jim Beheim's son, first time he ever played against his father in college. It was a nice game for him. He had the first make of the game by either team, had a three in the corner. It was a nice shot and had the opportunity of, uh, you know, he did some other good things on the team as well, and I look forward to paying attention to Jimmy Beheim and watching what he has to offer as the season progresses and moves on inside of the Ivy League for him. Very excited about that and what he has before him. But, you know, I mean, yeah, some takeaways. We're still trying to figure out the point guard. I I think Syracuse is definitely trying to figure out, you know, how that's going to work out, and that might change over time. O'Shea Brissett coming out with a double-double was huge. Tyus Bannell scoring the ball. And that's been big for the team as well. Barama Sidibe is getting work in. Pascal Chukwu has to be more involved on the offensive side. And if he's not, then he needs to block some shots consistently. Three to four a game. I mean, the man's seven foot, so you got to see that come about. Uh, Matthew Moyer's been doing well on rebounds. Getting ten rebounds is not something crazy to ask of him. It's more about now seeing him score. You know, you see him get his rebounds, and then it's about expanding from there and letting the play come to him and letting, you know, after he gets those boards and gets those, you know, opportunities to make sure that he's capitalizing on them or that the team is capitalizing on them. So, you know, we're only one game into this very, very new team with a whole lot of question marks, but I'm ecstatic. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for this season with Syracuse basketball. Not that I'm not excited every year, but I'm excited because this is something new for me to cover. I'm covering a team that's growing before my eyes. They're babies, you know. They're figuring out how to work together, how to learn together, how to grow together, what they want to be, what they want to look like. It's not this carryover of, well, we know who the shooter's going to be. We know who the ball is going to go through. We know who the point guard is. This year has so many question marks, which if you're a negative person, you would be panicking. But as a positive person, I'm excited. I'm excited to go to the Dome and cover every single one of these games because I'm seeing this team grow before my eyes. I'm seeing them become what they want to become. I'm seeing them decide 
what they want to look like. And the fact that there's the full court press and we get to see that, that's awesome. So, yeah, Syracuse won 77-45, to 45, but there's going to be moments where this team's really just going to have to figure it out and grind it out. And it's going to be cool to watch them learn, at least for me. I'm excited to see their dynamic. And if things start to shake out, if people start to take roles, or if it is a team that's, that's kind of, you know, a chameleon and different people do different things at different times. You know, as much as people think that the championship team in 2003 was all Carmelo Anthony, I, I would ask you if Hakeem Warwick didn't block that shot, how do you know that it wouldn't be tied and go into overtime? I would ask you without Jerry McNamara how that team would survive and without Josh Pace's floaters or Craig Forth playing the best basketball he played in his entire time at Syracuse or Queth Dwayne getting after things and doing the dirty work, it wasn't all Carmelo Anthony. If Carmelo Anthony has 15 points in a game and they score 77, I can promise you that 62 points came from somebody else and the defense shutting down, well, that came from the team effort as well. So this is truly a team that, you know, Outside of Tyus Battle, really, because Frank Howard had the starting job and lost it. So really, outside of one guy, we don't know who's going to go through what or how it's going to happen. And that, to me, is exciting because it's all about building your story and making your story. This is a season where anything can happen and where the story is being written without any preconceived notions, for the most part. People had high hopes for O'Shea Brissett, and people have expectations that Tyus Battle will be leaving after this season. But... Outside of that, we don't know what to expect, and it's fun for me. And like I told you, I can prognosticate and do my research, this, that, and the other, but any broadcaster or any writer that's going to tell you I guarantee this or I guarantee that, you can't guarantee anything in college basketball. Just ask Michigan State when they lost to Middle Tennessee State. Can't guarantee anything. Or Syracuse when they lost to Richmond. There are no guarantees. You could be the best team. How about What about Memphis when they were undefeated with John Calipari? and they still lost the championship. And John Calipari was joking about free throws, and who cares about free throws, and why do you need to make free throws? And then what happened? John Calipari got to the national championship, it came down to free throws, and, enough, and overtime would have never happened if Kentucky knew how to make, or if, if uh, Memphis knew how to make their free throws. And Kansas ended up winning that, and winning the national championship. So you might say that they don't matter, but there will come a day where they do. And you got to do your best to play a complete game. So I'm ecstatic about the season and what's coming up. For Syracuse football, their back's against the wall. They're 4-6. and six. There's no room for error. There's no margin of error. They have to win. They have to strike. And they have to strike hard. It, uh, it's crazy to me. It's, well, it's, I shouldn't say it's crazy to me because it's kind of Syracuse's M.O. They beat teams that they're supposed to beat. Or, I'm sorry, they lose the teams they're supposed to defeat, like Middle Tennessee State. And then the team that they had no business beating, Clemson, they took down. And you see them coming out of that game and you say, okay, they're on pace. They got, they got five games, they got to win two of them. Now they have two games and they have to win two of them. And doesn't it always come down to the 11th hour for Syracuse? So I don't want fans to lose hope and lose respect for the team. Because these young student-athletes are trying very hard. It's just a frustrating piece of Syracuse's history that's in the here and now and in the recent future, or the recent past, I should say. No matter how good Syracuse can play at times, they don't consistently do it for an entire game. And that comes from 
leadership. It comes from experience. It comes from drive. It comes from the want to. There are teams that gut it out. There are teams that are never out of games. Watch a game between Clemson and anybody. Clemson's never out of the game. Watch Alabama. Even though Alabama won in a close game where there was a Hail Mary pass, Alabama wasn't on the sideline freaking out, thinking we don't belong here. Miami. Miami's been pushed to the brink by numerous teams. Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and the list goes on. But they've stuck it out, and they've won. Notre Dame walked in there, and Miami could have been scared. How did they respond? They annihilated Notre Dame. They embarrassed Notre Dame at the worst worst time of the season because by taking down Notre Dame when they took down Notre Dame, think about how that makes Notre Dame look. There's no chance Notre Dame's in the college football playoff now. So Syracuse does not play consistently good all the time. And people thought that that was a Schaefer problem. You're realizing that that's not the case. And it, it takes a long time to change a culture and a mindset. This is a wake-up call fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down? 
This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. The Market Diner prides itself on bringing the local community fresh ingredients that are better than going elsewhere. Open for breakfast, served all day, lunch and dinner with daily specials. The Market Diner is located at the Regional Market on Park Street, right across from Destiny, USA. For takeout, call 315-474-5247. The Market Diner. Local. Fresh. Better. It, changed, it takes a long time to change kids who are used to losing, thinking that they'll lose. They're getting picked last every year, or close to last, and telling that team that they're supposed to win and that they're capable of winning. I don't think Dino's a bad coach, but I think after this season, Dino's going to have some stuff to think about. Does he want to stay and stick this thing out? Does he want to be a part of this, or has he had enough? Has he had enough of fans leaving in the third quarter? Has he had enough of having to ask fans to stay at halftime and interrupt his interview? Has he had enough of the fact that even when they're playing well, people aren't showing up? If I'm a coach and I see people walking out on me and I get a job somewhere else for the same money or better and it's a good situation, I'm gone. You know, and I try to tell the fan base that all the time. True fans are there until the bitter end, no matter how much it hurts. It's like family. Family's going to be with you no matter what. You know, or they're supposed to, Right. But there's people that you have in your family, there's people I have in mine. We share the same blood, but they're not family. In the 11th hour when I needed them, they weren't there. When my grandmother passed away, some of them weren't there. My wife and I got married, some of them didn't say a word to us. And to me, that's not family. That's just blood. It's an unfortunate genetic connection. But it's not family. Family sticks it out. Family is there. And every once in a while, I get a couple buffoons that, you know, yell at me and tell me, Dan, I, I paid for the ticket so I can leave whenever I want to. And, you know, if I went to a concert and I didn't really like the concert and I paid 80 bucks to be there, I'm staying. If I paid $20 to go see a movie and I'm not a fan of the movie, I'm not leaving. If I bought food and I started to eat the food and I didn't really like the taste of the food, well, I still have to pay for the food. So, in my opinion, you should stick it out and you should be there. And if you're going to dedicate yourself to being at a Syracuse game for only two hours or until they start losing, Fairweather fans are not welcome. That's what it really comes down to. And then people say, well, Dan, why would you say that? Why would you say that? If there's only 20,000 true fans, why would you say something to the Fairweather fans? Because if you lose them, then Syracuse is going to lose another 10,000. If there's 10,000 people in the city that only care about Syracuse when they win, those people should be ashamed of themselves. That's my city. I could say what I want to say about it. But you should be ashamed of yourself. You really honestly should. Because these kids, they're young kids, and they fight hard as hell. And I have the privilege of knowing these, these kids. Look on Syracuse's depth chart, offense, defense, and special teams. Read off every single one of those names. Then go back to my past shows. Almost every single one of the players in the first and second string of all three phases of the game for Syracuse has been on my show. I know these kids. I've spoken with them on a one-to-one level, man-to-man level. When you walk out on those kids, why would they want to play for you? When you walk out on that coach, why would he want to stay here? And that's what, that's what people need to understand. Progress is progress. The win over Clemson is progress. Being close in the games against Miami and Florida State and NC State and LSU is progress. You can't ask a team who's done little to nothing over the last few seasons to win a national championship. 
But if you can't see that this team is making progress, it's because you're not looking. Or your expectations are too high. It takes time to turn a program around. Now, granted, Scott Frost did it faster in Central Florida. But every situation is different. The player personnel are different. The recruiting and where you are is different. And how you go about your business and how you do your job and how long it takes for players to buy in or want to buy in is all different. And none of that is in control of the fans. But what is in control of the fans is if you don't show up to the game or you leave the game early, don't ask for a four- and five-star recruit because they don't want to play for that. Four- and five-star recruits want to play in front of a packed house. They want to play in front of 90,000 people, 100,000 people, 110,000 people, 70,000 people. The Dome only offers you 50. But when the Dome's half full and they get offers from Notre Dame and Penn State, why would they come to Syracuse? That is the fact of the matter. You look at Houston Stadium, beautiful stadium. Well, it's only 40-some-odd thousand seats, 44, 45,000, similar to the Dome. It's an outdoor stadium, though, wide open. Those fans show up. When they showed up a couple years ago to the AAC championship game, it was rocking. It was loud. It was amazing. When Central Florida was in Conference USA playing for the Conference USA championship game, the fans were rocking the bleachers so much that the entire press box was moving forward and backward. It literally felt like there, there, we were on some type of like ride where the thing was just rocking, like you were on Body Wars or something like that, Body Wars or Star Tours down at Walt Disney World. So I don't say this to be rude to fans. And, and again, it, the only people that would be offended by the statement I just made are Fairweather fans. The only people that would be offended by what I just said are the people that only like things when other people like things. And the thing is, if you're a Fairweather Syracuse fan, you're not just Fairweather with that. You're Fairweather with everything, right? You hated the movie Thor Ragnarok, but all your friends liked it, and then you saw that a bunch of people online liked it, so now all of a sudden you like it because you want more fans on Twitter and friends and people to follow you, so you just go where, where the crowd goes. You know, fair-weather people go where the crowd goes. They go where winning is. They go where prosperity is. They don't stand there when anybody's bleeding or on the ground crying. They walk by you. They say, call me when you lose weight. Call me when you put some makeup on. Call me when you look good. Call me when you feel strong. Call me when you're making millions of dollars. But they don't want to see you in the whole road to get there. That's a fair-weather fan. And I don't have fair-weather family. I don't, I don't allow those people to be around me, and I would not have a fair-weather fan that I'm going to tell you that I respect and appreciate. And the players don't either. So if you show up to the games, show up. 99% of the battle is showing up. You can't control if the team's going to win or lose, and you are entitled to your opinion. And you are more than entitled to say that that 38-point debacle, the 38-point shift from up 17 to losing by 21, was one of the most embarrassing football games ever played in the history of mankind, and, and hands down one of the worst games Syracuse ever played in their history. You can say that. You can say that. But if you got up in the third and fourth quarter and said, screw this team, why would that team want to play for you? The deflation of that feeling is atrocious, and it's terrible. I've heard coaches tell me that they were booed more in their home stadium than on the road. Or how many times they were booed at home would astonish me. And that, to me, is astonishing. Because the safest place you should feel is at home. 
you expect to get booed when you're away from familiar quarters. You expect to get booed when you're away from what you're used to, when you're away from your support system and your comfort zone. But how would you feel if you went home for Thanksgiving and your mom and your dad just stood up and booed you? If your wife, every time you came home, walked out of the room because she didn't want to spend any time with you? If your kids threw things at you and told you that you sucked as a human being, you wouldn't go home because it wouldn't be home. So look at that analogy, and to everybody that walks out on Syracuse's team, answer me how you would like people to walk out on you, tell you you're garbage, tell you you're worthless, spit in your face, and say that you don't deserve their time. Tell me that. I know that fans are frustrated. I know that they're upset. I know that they've been that way for a while. But there's a lot of issues going on. Syracuse University needs to pay a coach. And they need to dedicate themselves to a coach. Good, bad, and indifferent, they need to dedicate themselves to a coach having four to five years to have a team that's comprised of all of their recruits. And then if they're not getting it done after that, then you move them out. But you need to give a coach time. You need to give a coach the resources that they need. You need to pay a coach because when they start winning, if you're paying them peanuts, they're going to go elsewhere. And Dino Babers, if he says, give me more money, and we see his progression, let's say this year they win five or six, right? But we've already seen progression in them beating Clemson and hanging tough in the games I said. Let's say next year they win seven, and Syracuse gets a phone call from Dino, and Dino says, well, I've been offered... Three million to go here, four million to go here, two and a half to go here, and they said, "Good luck, have a good day." Then that's Syracuse's fault. That's the university's fault. There's a lot of things that are going on. The fans need to appreciate, respect, and get behind this team, because if you don't have a loyal fan base, what are you playing for? What's the point of playing? If you have people that love you today and think you suck the next day. People that would come up to you in Wegmans and give you a hug and the next day grab their child and say, don't talk to that man. Why would you want to play for that city? If you don't feel welcome in the city you're in, that's why people transfer. That's why they get the hell out of places. So the fans have to show up and they have to be supportive. The university has to be supportive of their coach and the coach has to be smart in their decision making. If the defense isn't working multiple years in a row and the defensive coordinator is a friend of yours, do you keep them there and do the definition of insanity, or do you find a new defensive coordinator and move forward? If your defensive scheme isn't working, do you adjust it? You have Steve Ishmael and you have Irv Phillips setting records and doing amazing things at Syracuse, but when are you going to pass the torch this season instead of next season you lose them both and Jamal Custis has only been thrown to ten times and Nikeem Johnson's been only been thrown to five times, and Sherrod Johnson hasn't been thrown to at all. You have to make decisions as a coach to prepare for the present and the future, and that will take care of your past. As a school, you have to dedicate yourself to a coach, and if that coach is a good coach, you have to compensate them as such with respect to your means, but be fair. Fans have to show up, and the players have to give their all. And that's really what it comes down to. It's not rocket science. And teams are successful all over the country. SMU was terrible the first two years under Chad Morris. And now they're bowl eligible. And if they take care of business against Memphis this weekend, they got a shot at winning the American Athletic West Division and going to their first ever American Athletic Football Championship game. UCF was 0-12 the year that George O'Leary left in the middle of the year. 
In the first year with Scott Frost, they went six and six. This year, they're nine and zero for the first time in program history, and they have an opportunity of making history. And this is a team that not only had to fight with the normal stuff that every football team had to fight with, they had to fight with a hurricane. They had to fight with playing 10 straight weeks without a bye week. They had to fight with changing their schedule. They had to fight with kids going home and seeing their family or maybe not going home and seeing their family and having people away from everybody and dealing with the fact that you're in a life-or-death situation in a hurricane. They weathered every storm figuratively and literally. They had every excuse in the world to be 0-12 this year, and they're not. They're 9-0. and They had to give up a game this season because they couldn't get another game on schedule. So they'll only play 11, but they have the opportunity to go 11-0, and and they're ranked in the top 15 in the nation. So teams can bounce back, but it takes time. It takes time. And a city that's just expecting to lose every game and downtrodden and negative, and they're surprised when the team wins, and when they lose, they're like, well, that's the way it is. If that's the way you think, then that's the way the team's going to think. And if that's the way the team's going to think, it's a vicious cycle. You're never going to get what you want if you're not positively mindset. And so it comes down to that. So to all the real Syracuse fans, and I know that a lot of you listen to the show, I thank you for that. To the Fairweather fans that I pissed off today, good. Maybe you'll go and realize that these are children. They're 17, 18, 19-year-old kids, 20 and 21. They spend half of their collegiate career as teenagers. And you demand from their chair that they win every single game. And you know what? If you think for a half a second that they don't want to win every single game, you're insane. You're insane. Or else why the hell would they go out there and play? This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. 
Green's Ale House and Grill, located on 104 West Bridge Street in Oswego, New York, is your home for all the games all the time, Sunday through Saturday, no matter what the sport is. It's also your home of Wingmaster Jabber, who's constantly in the kitchen creating wings that have won awards and you love to eat every single day of the week. At Green's, you'll also find the Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora live on location coaches show exclusively dedicated to the Oswego State Lakers' numerous sports programs. There's only one place to go in Oswego, and that is Green's Ale House and Grill, 104 West Bridge Street in Oswego, New York. We'll see you there. But to boo them and walk out on them is one of the biggest signs of disrespect, and nobody deserves that. And that is the child of somebody, and I know some of these parents, and if it was my child out there, I would tell you if you're going to boo my child or only cheer for my child when they're winning, if you're going to love them one day and hate them the next day, then don't even, don't even bother loving them at all. If you were a parent and your son brought home a girl who broke up with him every other week, would you like her? If you were in a job where your boss fired you and rehired you every two months, would you want to work there? It's the same scenario, just spun a different way. So appreciate your team, respect your team, and know that it takes time. And know that there's so many teams rebuilding in this country. And that Syracuse is doing a better job than they've done in a long time, even though the record doesn't show it, but it's going to take time. And the university has to make sure that they take care of Dino Babers. Because if they lose Dino Babers, I'm telling you very clearly, if they lose Dino, then we're all the way back to square one, and nobody's going to like that picture. Syracuse has to become a destination and not part of the journey. That's the difference. So you take care of the coach you have, you treat him right, and you know, and Larry Fedora is losing right now in North Carolina. I don't think they're going to fire him. Pat Narduzzi's been up and down at Pittsburgh. I don't think they're going to fire him. Bronco Mendenhall won two games last year. They could have easily fired him. Guess what? Now he's going to a bowl game. And Virginia looks like a damn good team. Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech took a chance on him, paid him a bunch of money to come to Virginia Tech after he found success in Memphis. Not only did he have success in Memphis, Memphis continued to succeed under their next head coach, and he's been successful in Virginia. He left a team that he brought to significance and went to another team that he brought to significance. Virginia Tech was starting to dip down a little bit in the ACC. He brought them to the ACC championship game in his first season with the team. He found a way to bring his people and keep some of Frank Beamer's people and get everybody to be copacetic and work in the room together. This man's a friggin' genius. Some people do it quicker than others, but it all takes time. And the last thing that Syracuse needs right now is a change in a head coach. So hopefully the university will do their job. Hopefully the Fairweather fans will love the team winter, spring, summer, or fall. And we'll move forward from there. If for nothing else, you have two of the top receivers in the entire nation. If that doesn't get your butt out of your seat to pay $20 to sit and watch a game, I don't know what will. But it's a travesty to see a team like SMU or a team like UCF have the support and the backing after going through hell and seeing that Syracuse wouldn't get the same. So hopefully that'll change and we can change the hearts and minds of people that haven't been out and haven't seen it. If you can't afford it, I understand. So watch it on television. But... I could never walk out on these kids. I couldn't do it. Because if you give up on them, 
it makes it easier for them to give up on themselves. And you have to have you have to have strong shoulders to do what these kids do. To be an athlete, professional or amateur, you have thirty thousand people either screaming at you in a good way or screaming at you in a bad way. Think about being a coach and having two losing seasons in a row and you don't go to the NCAA tournament. And you walk into a stadium of 20,000, 30,000 people booing your name. Think about that. And then think about not only that, but think about that being your home stadium. Your home arena. It's one thing to get booed when you're away from home. It's another thing to get booed at home. So the moral of the story is support, respect, and understand that the majority of the people booing and walking out on the team could not play the sport if <laughs> could not play the sport if God gave them a rocket launcher and seven legs. It's not easy to do it, but it is completely easy to critique it. That's why as a broadcaster and a writer, I find a way to find a happy medium to be constructively criticizing when I have to be, but to always find a positive lining, silver lining, and a way to say to a team, yeah, well, you could do better, but God bless you for what you've done. Because there's teams that are 0-12 that have some amazing people working there, and they do amazing things in the community. It's not all about wins and losses. If it was, there would be no point in you to continue your life, or any of us to do that. Because there's not a single person on this planet that hasn't lost at least one time. Losses build character. Wins are great. But losses build character. And they show us who we truly are. So hopefully we will be able to see who this team truly is as they progress and move forward. But I have respect for the players. I have respect for their hard work and determination. And I think Dino Babers is one of the best things that's happened to Syracuse in a long time. This is Wake Up Call with Dan Satora on the road again. I'll be back in my normal time, normal place, tomorrow, November 15th, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And you'll hear On the Prowl with the Jacksonville Jaguars, more NFL talk, and, of course, Syracuse interviews from today's game. In the meantime, God bless you. Have a great day, and take care of yourself. Make sure that you check out the CNY Pop Festival on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all the same at CNY Pop Festival. And then make sure that you follow Wake Up Call with Dan Satora on Twitter at CallDT, on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, and on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT. WakeUpCallDT.com is your hub for everything. And if you don't have Twitter, you can follow the live feed today by going to WakeUpCallDT.com and clicking on the Who's DT tab, and right under that it will say Fan Cave. That's where you get the live feed. So enjoy the game, enjoy the time. God bless you. And know that being fair weather in life leaves you alone. But being somebody who is reliable and always there, you'll always be surrounded by good people. Whether it's a game, whether it's your job, or whether it's sitting at home on Thanksgiving with your family. Fair weather is wildly inconsistent, unreliable, unresponsive, and a waste of time where think about everybody you care about the most in your life. Chances are they're the ones that are always there, always show up, and whether you're crying, yelling, or laughing, want to see you do well.